0: That's everylife.com, and don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast. She is my partner in life. She's also my wife. Rachel Campos stuffy.
0: Sean, it's great to be at the kitchen table and talking about something. There's a lot of things I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. We're both super passionate about food, how it's impacting, negatively impacting our country. And there is one person, and he is our guest today, who I think is at the tip of the spear on this issue, is sounding the alarms, and is doing, getting this information out in a way that I think is really accessible. um, And and it's so important. And so let's, with no further ado, um, bring in Callie Means. He's the author of True Medicine. He has an upcoming book that he's written with his sister, who's a doctor, a Stanford graduate doctor. Um, uh, and the book is called Good Energy. Callie, uh, great to have you on.
2: I'm pumped to be here, Rachel, and digging into this important issue.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, let's start with this because there's a lot of big news in, in, in international news that I think is affecting food and sort of the, the global supply. And one of the places that we're seeing is in Germany. The farmers are on strike. Um, I guess the initial reason one of the reasons, at least that 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 started this latest protest, which has been very successful um, and, and massive and really underreported, is that they're trying to basically tax the diesel or take away some diesel of the subsidies, 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 which ends up being yeah. like a tax for them. And so the farmers who just have it, I mean, they've been trying to irritate them and take away their land in all kinds of ways. And this latest one in Germany um, is massive. What do you know about it? What can you tell me? um, What can you tell our viewers about the the grand scheme, the grand plan of the globalists um, uh, uh, on the farmers?
2: It's a tale as old as time. Follow the money. And I think 2024, Rachel, I think it's a year where a lot of dots are going to be connected. We started this year with the president Mm -hmm. of Harvard getting fired. And I think we're really realizing the incompetence of elites. And it really goes to all the industrial complexes, the education industrial complex, the health industrial complex, the climate industrial complex. And you have these elites pushing these ideologies um, that are absolutely putting a hammer on the backs of, of farmers are, are absolutely crushing farmers. Um, you know, the, these ridiculous um, things that they need to do to abide by uh, uh, the climate ideology, which is frankly, you know, an ideology that's putting trillions of dollars into these elites' pockets. So, uh, in Germany, you know, and in the U.S., uh, people are saying enough, um, and this is societally disastrous because a- a- as we get farmers more and more um, away from from doing what they do best, from from growing great natural food, as we as we put more uh, restrictions and more uh, difficulties on them doing their jobs, you know, it impacts our food, it impacts our health, it impacts our economy. We're bringing them more and more away from nature, um, you know, due to really, I, I would say, greed. Um, and and that's bubbling up throughout the Western world. It's bubbling up with the politicians we're seeing uh, gain popularity. It's it's bubbling up with protests. And, um, and I think it's just uh, uh, an example of what's to increase the income in the United States, where I think farmers uh, have had enough.
1: You know, Kelly, it, human health and what humans eat, we can go back hundreds, thousands of years. There are certain things that we've we've eaten over the the course of centuries that, that make the human body healthy and these weird bizarro elites have a new set of ideas and I think they're packaging it in the green agenda but if they can attack the farmer right and we can we can have less farms or more elites in control of farms and you can drive up the cost of Really good, healthy, nutritious food. Then they can say, "Well, listen, we have lab-grown food for you, or we have bugs for you. That's affordable, and actually, it's just as nutritious." By the way, I think that if bugs and 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 um, bizarre forms of food were healthy for us, I think our forefathers would have figured that out hundreds of years ago. Or but the they're...
0: elites would be eating it right now. <laughs> they don't want it for the. They're eating steak and they're trying to give it to us.
1: To give us. That. And I think so. I think that's what's at play. If you if you can attack the farm. You can control the food supply, and if you control the food supply, you control the people. Am I wrong on that, Kelly?
2: No, we have a spiritual crisis right here, and and you know I, I think any elite person you can think of, right? Their tr- their children are off social media, you know. They're feeding, you know. They're mm-hmm. very skeptical about food, uh, they're very skeptical about pharma, and they're pushing all this stuff they would never be pushing on their their children, on the American people. And there's a the deep spiritual element to it, where this is this is what feeds our body. This is you know what 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 is absolutely existential to our human thriving. Um, and I think it's a very important issue to unpack, Sean, because, you know, I, I've, I've been a conservative all my life and I used to lobby for the food industry. And I thought I was on God's side, you know, arguing against regulation and arguing against the nanny state, you know, uh, putting the hammer down on these big food companies. What I have actually realized is what I was doing was I was caught up in a perversion of conservative principles. What's actually happened mm-hmm. is these companies, these large industries have actually co-opted the free market. They've lobbied, you know, the, the farm industry particularly spends five times more than the industry on lobbying the food industry is number 2 and they've made it okay to basically self police and 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 have monocropping Um, situation that has created, you know, very poisonous food to put thousands, literally thousands of additives in our food that aren't legal in any other developed country, um, to take our percentage of ultra processed food from about 0% a hundred years ago to close to 70% today, Mm. um, with core ingredients that really weren't in existence a hundred years ago that our body's not evolutionarily or biologically made to handle, you know, we've really actually been had, had a corruption uh, of the free market. And I, I think calling these things out, making this like basic statement that as the foundation, I think, of a conservative philosophy, understanding the core of what what contributes to individual thriving, which is feeding our body with non-toxic inputs. Um, you know, we, we need we need to get back to that. I need to question that. I need to question this crony capitalism that's happened. Um, and yeah. the other thing I saw just re- real quick, Sean, I think it ties to, to what you started with is is I really think these these unimpeachable ideas, the climate philosophy, DEI, working for these companies, they, they know how to weaponize these things, right? Yeah. If the media and the government have all agreed that you can't question climate ideology, you can't question, um, you know, when, when somebody's called racist, they weaponize these arguments. You know, the food companies, they'll call anyone who calls for healthy food, for non-poisoned food, they'll call you classist and racist because poor people can't afford that food. We've literally made it a luxury to not be poisoned in America. And of course, you'll be called a climate denier for saying that people should
1: eat beef, which they've been doing since the dawn of humans. <laughs> can, can, before we move on, just no, no, to, no, to, to, so if you see, there's interesting pictures that you'll see online. Uh, just a, a random picture from the early 1970s and right. a picture today both in the same diner and you see even back in the '70s you have all of these you know really skinny healthy looking Americans and then you transition to today in that same diner and everyone is overweight everyone looks unhealthy everyone looks obese and to your point on ultra processed foods is there a correlation between when all these 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 processed foods these additives this transition into the, the process versus the whole food when that happened, is that when we started to see the weight gain and the health issues ri- arise in America? A- absolutely. It started with good intentions, Sean. You know, after World War II, we
2: became the breadbasket of the world and we, the processing is making it shelf stable. So we, we did a lot of things to ship food around the wor- world to make it shelf stable. That was then co-opted. And what's happened, and I think a key thing happened in the 80s when cigarettes became less popular, thousands of scientists went from the cigarette companies to food companies. And now food mm-hmm. companies are one of the biggest employers of scientists in the world. And Mm -hmm. ultra processed food, when you look at all those ingredients, you don't understand those are science experiments to make that food addictive. And then the food is included in that food is cheap, addictive ingredients, you know, that that are literally engineered um, for us to eat more. And the ingredients that we shove in there, obviously, we talked about these a lot, but sugar, we eat 100 times more than we did 100 years ago, because it's sneaking into this ultra processed food, seed oils, an industrial byproduct that was really just created 100 years ago, literally by John D. Rockefeller as a byproduct of oil, he then lobbied to make it legal for food, it's now the top source of American calories, very inflammatory fat, and then processed grains, the processing takes the fiber off. So it's basically a hidden sugar when it hits our bloodstream. Those are the foundation of ultra processed food and the foundation. Of the American diet. So, all you have to do to look at what happened in the 70s in those pictures and today is you look at the increase in ultra processed food. It's not complicated. And we're talking about Ozempic and all the obesity crisis and how complicated it is. We keep hearing that. Mm. It's not complicated. If we took our ultra processed food consumption as a country from 70% to 30%, we wouldn't have an obesity crisis. We wouldn't have a heart disease crisis. We wouldn't have a diabetes Mm. crisis. All you have to do is look at Japan, where the obesity rate is five times lower. The diabetes rate is is seven times lower. The life expectancy rate in Japan is seven years more than America. That, that's huge. That, that, that's a very significant gap. Mm-hmm. Um, so so, so th- this is very doable. And again, this is not the na- I wanted to say this to my conservative friends and I'm one too. This is not nanny state to question these industries. What has happened is they perverted conservative principles to rig the system.
1: We need to unrig this system. Yeah, by the way, I, was, I was there as well. And I, and, I, and, I, and I get the argument. I get the um, yeah. the the light touch and let them go and in and then in the end they're trying to poison they're they're hurting people and just i'm going to kick it they to Rachel a, they
0: have an unfair advantage though i mean when you have that much money lobbying uh, you know you, you know the 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 apple industry is probably not the organic apple industry. <laughs> the, is broccoli industry right? the broccoli industry. <laughs> the broccoli industry. Even even these small farms that are, you know, creating grass, you know, that are producing grass fed, healthy red meat. They don't have the same so kind of
1: small farmers. Right? But by, by the way, just to this point, when you talk about all the, the cost of all this, the, the, the most expensive thing in, in the federal budget is Medicare and Medicaid is health care in this government. we're worth $33 trillion in debt. If you wanna get your hands around the budget, make Americans healthier. The, the upfront cost of spending less on, on food on the store shelf, you might spend less in food stamps to help people buy processed right. food, but if you get them healthy food, in the long run, on the back end, you're not gonna spend all this money on healthcare for them. And so the financial incentive for the government would make sense to keep people healthy, have foods that are healthy. But
0: instead we'll make a small group of people very wealthy, Poisoning Americans instead... I, listen, I pay a lot of money in taxes. In fact, Sean yep. was just talking about our tax bill, and I wanted to throw <laughs> up the other day. I mean, literally throw up at how much I'm paying in taxes. But if you told me that some, that money was going to pay for food stamps, that pe- basically, if you're going to subsidize apples for poor people and, and, and good meat and, and healthy food that's whole and natural for kids who are hungry... Oh my God.
1: I not ice cream, not pasta, well, not pizzas. Not
0: Coca Cola. Not, Co- not I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat.
2: Not- well, Rachel, I think it's even worse. What that money is doing, what your tax dollars are doing, $10 billion a year are literally going from the federal treasury to soda companies, as we've talked about before. Yeah. You just can't wrap your head around this. On food stamps, the number one item purchased on food stamps is soda. 10% of all food stamp money. This this program that 15% of the American people are relying on for nutrition, supplemental nutrition assistance program. You have the federal school lunches. Wow. Is one of the top sources, federally funded school lunches where your tax dollars are going are one of the top Top sources of American calories. Michelle Obama, in the first year, was actually right calling this out, but it shouldn't have been the first lady. It should have been the president. It should have been the Secretary of Defense, and it should have been the and Secretary she
0: got of the Treasury. Off.
2: She and she got, got bought b- completely off. bought off, and now is a spokesperson for sugar Drinks. So, and the the, 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 com- the companies got to her. So, so uh, it, particularly from um, the Secretary uh, of State, uh, the Heinz family. Um, mm-hmm. So John Kerry. So. Um, yeah, 100 percent. Um, so your tax dollars right now are going, if you add it all up, over 100 billion dollars a year directly from the Treasury to ultra processed food companies, which is underwriting, of course, trillions of dollars of downstream health impacts. There was a recent Wall Street Journal article saying um, that, just bring cancer, that up, rates, yes. cancer rates are skyrocketing among kids. The article is nobody knows why we're baffled. Last month, there was a New York Times article saying that puberty rates are plummeting among children. Children are hitting puberty much uh, earlier. Nobody knows why, quoted. The, we know why here. Mm. We have hormone disrupting chemicals in our food we're eating things that we're not biologically made to eat and again as a conservative i want to just say let's look at the four trillion dollars we spend on healthcare. let's look at the hundreds of billions of dollars we do to subsidize food and let's just say what's the best public policy we can use with that money it is it is not poisoning children (laughs) um if we poison children it ruins our human capital and creates trillions of dollars of downstream health impacts and it's just a disaster from a conservative mindset where we believe that the individual is so important. We need to empower the individual. The the central yeah, I, focus. Yeah,
0: I think that people are onto it, Callie. Um mm-hmm. One of there there was another Wall Street Journal article. Um, the title. This one just came out. Um, it says, "Is America's ultra processed diet that bad?" Yeah. Food fights back. Okay, so what's happening, and I read this article, and and, and, and please add, add your thoughts on it. I read right. this article, and here's my takeaway. My takeaway is American people are on to ultra-processed food. They're figuring out that this is bad. And the ultra-processed food lobby and so-called scientists are now coming to the government and saying, because I guess the government wants to put, like, labels. They're considering... And by the way, this isn't anything that's going to happen soon. This is like down the road. Right. Um, You know, after how many studies and how many, you know, people had the the wallets of God knows how many um, politicians in their packs and so forth, which it's probably never going to happen. But the idea was let's put a label on ultra processed on, on different foods that are ultra processed, So people know that they're ultra processed. And now the old, yeah. the, 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 the big food comes in and says, Oh, we're worried, really worried about this label. Cause, cause you know, they're super altruistic and they're such good guys and they want to help us out. And they're so worried <laughs> that we're going to get confused by these labels and that people might not, you know, understand it and then you know people might starve because they won't get cheap you know mac and cheese right, and I right. might not buy it because of that and so there's this huge pushback they're already seeing this that, that people are catching on and want yeah. these labels so people understand what they're buying um, what's your take from the article
2: yeah and, and, and Sean I, I'm, cu- I'm curious your, your take here because because what I saw when working for these companies is there's a really clear strategy? Is that you rig the system? You basically make it that the only food people can afford is is ultra processed poisonous crap, and then when people try to reel that back and say, "Well, why are we poisoning all all these kids?" You say it's too expensive to un- not poison people. That's literally that's literally they say the quiet part out loud in this article. They literally say, "quoted that it will be too expensive to unwind." This ultra-processed food system that we have—they don't dispute that it's poisoning Americans, leading to a 33% pre-diabetes rate among teens, a 50% of teens having uh, uh, obesity or being overweight, and 25% of teens now having fatty liver disease. They don't—they don't even dispute that, right? They don't even dispute that correlation. They don't even dispute the correlation about skyrocketing can- skyrocketing cancer rates among teens right now. They're not even arguing that. They're just saying it's going to be too expensive to unpoison teens, which just factually is completely. Incorrect. As we've talked about, the best thing we can possibly do for the budget is stop poisoning Americans, which is going to lead to trillions of dollars of downstream health impacts. But, um, I, it's, Sean, I've been in touch with a, a couple members recently on this who, who are saying they're just getting bombarded with study after study saying how disaster it'd be for the economy, how how the nutrition kind of nutrition studies that are rigged kind of confusing the issue. Um, I'm just curious if you saw that. It, it, it seems to me like they rig the system and then they argue it's too expensive to unrig the system. And um, a lot of people so kind of seem to be stuck around that.
1: <laughs> it's it's a, it's a really good question because um, again, when, when you're in Congress, again, you, a, a number of people will come through your door to talk to you about issues that they care about, and you can't be an expert on everything, right? Right. So I would be a better congressman today on this issue than I was eight years ago mm. when they would come into my office because I've I, this issue I care about, and I'm not Kelly Means, but I'm you know we've we've. So um, of, we, we, I mean, we've, we've been, always
0: wanted to be healthy, but we probably it's been over the last since COVID even more so
1: but here's what they do so it's it's not just the studies Callie, that they that they look at they'll also uh message test what's Mm going to work with liberals when we go into their offices what's going to work with conservatives on the messaging side to get them in line with with our objectives and they have a ton of money to do it and again you haven't message tested when you go in and talk to a m- member of Congress because you don't have the money to do You're like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tell you the truth. So I'm just gonna 1MC. talk to you from my heart. <laughs> yeah, you, ha- you haven't tested what words and phrases are gonna work to move that member of Congress. They have mm-hmm. the money and that's what they do. Um, wow. And you know, in the end, I, just uh, as a conservative myself, I thought, well, isn't it better that we let with supplemental um, f- food help, right? So food stamps. Let yeah. people choose what they want to eat. Give them the choice. I believe in freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, actually, I have a vested interest as, as as the government to make sure, no, they're actually choosing and picking really good foods. So at the back end, I'm not going to pay for their health care. And it, this is kind of antithetical to conservatism. But it's actually not. If you're in the system um, and, you're, and you're getting food stamps, we have to be concerned about about your health. And I don't think conservatives, they have a really hard time wrapping their head around it. And to talk, I think you have to talk about, you know, budgets, sickness, chronic illnesses um, that I I think will drive people. But again, they think about all kinds of things. They get all kinds of issues in one day. How do you get them to say, we're poisoning people Right, This is unhealthy. We've never done it before. We're fatter and sicker than anyone else on the planet. Maybe we should change course. Maybe it's what we actually put in our bodies that's causing the illness and the sickness and the obesity. And we should change course as the federal government. And the villains in the story are big food. They don't care about your health. They don't care about the federal budget. They don't care about health care costs. They just care about making money off of you as a conduit to federal uh, giveaways.
0: But the food stamp, in the name, it says nutrition, the official name. Yeah,
1: Yeah, supplemental
2: nutrition, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Coca Cola should not fit into well, nutrition
1: or Pepsi or potato well, chips. Was-
2: well, Sean, you know, ten years ago, probably, probably help, uh, trying to influence you, we, we, uh, you know, working for the food companies, we had the left strategy and the right strategy. The left strategy was to pay off the NAACP to say it was racist to take away Coke and choice from from uh, poor kids, and then the the right was uh, around the nanny state, and, and and it took me a while to really unpack that. I think the what I liken it to is. Uh, I, I, you know, think alcohol should be legal. Uh, I don't think the government should be recommending and subsidizing alcohol, particularly for kids. Uh, I don't think sh- cigarettes should be banned in the country. I don't, I'm actually libertarian. I think most drugs should be legal. I don't think they should be subsidized and recommended. So there is, you know, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. That would betray conservative principles to not, you know, subsidize these things. What we're doing is it's it's actually not even a choice thing. We're literally subsidizing and pushing these addictive, mm. um, these addictive substances. Uh, soda, by all accounts, is a highly addictive substance and, a, and an addictive drug. Um, so, no, it's, 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 been, it's been a process for me. And the other thing I'll just say, speaking to members today, is that's exactly what they're saying. I mean, they have kids and they're devastated about what's happening in classrooms. You go into any classroom mm-hmm. right now, Rachel, and I know you know this. It's like there's clearly something happening among children and among children's health. Um, but I think this ties the Harvard thing and this, this, this absolutely – uh, bankruptcy of our elite institutions. These institutions yes. get bought off. It's study yes. after study. There's been 50,000 nutrition studies produced in the last two years. And I will tell you, nutrition studies are nothing more than public relations documents for ultra processed food. You do not need 100%. studies saying broccoli or pasteurized beef is good or natural food is good. The only purpose of these studies is to go to members of Congress and other decision makers and say that you know lucky charms might be better than beef, which is what the NIH actually says today.
0: I know it's 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 just crazy. Um, I mean, my head is exploding with so many things. So I want to get back to sure. the climate stuff because that's driving yeah. a lot of a lot of the weird foods that we're not our bodies can't process as well. Uh, but before we get to that, and I, and I want to play a clip from the WHO mm. um, on, on what they're doing. So. Before just, we get to that... As we go into
1: that, Callie, I am just trying to make my earpiece work so I can hear you. Um, that's what I'm doing. Working. That's what I'm doing here. I, I deal <laughs> no, with no, you're good. technical difficulties in yeah, of everybody. A little bit
0: of tech <laughs> I wonder if this one, you could switch it out for this one, Shondog. Um So before we get to that, Callie, yeah. I want to talk about the first processed foods that our kids get. And, and, and you and I have talked about this before, and we're both passionate about the importance of breastfeeding and mm. what Big Food is doing to push um, synthetic breast milk uh, formula and sort of get kids, babies, infants, newborns on, on that conveyor belt right right out of the womb onto right. the ultra-processed conveyor belt. Talk to me about breast milk, how that plays into all of this and, and, and how important it is for that industry to get people on this right away.
2: I think the breast milk argument really goes into the corruption I saw with academic research. So the there are hundreds of studies right now being funded on breastfeeding. And almost all of them are funded by formula companies. Once those studies are created, you then have this, you know, really it's just a fetish of people talking about, you know, the peer-reviewed research and just using this research as a cudgel to say anyone's anti-science if they disagree with the research. So you have a lot of influencers now saying that the research says that it's really its really a coin flip. It's really, you know, in, in some ways there's actually studies now saying formula feeding is actually better. And you're actually oh, there's, anti-science. There's advertising. Yeah, Dude, yeah. yeah like it's all goes to the advertising. Yeah.
0: No, no. Mm-hmm. On the label, it's saying it's better than breast milk. And I think somebody tried to sue them for that. You could think obvious yeah, BS. So you-
2: you know, th- these companies, th- these large companies, right, they don't fund hundreds of millions of dollars of research out of a philanthropic goodwill. They are funding and, and, you know, Harvard and top institutions are for sale, right? These professors need research grants. They do the study and they put that on the label. They do that to lobby Congress. They do that to advertise and they do that for all of the media, frankly, who they're also paying to say that the data is clear, right? And you have, frankly, Emily Oster, who I, who I do agree with on some stuff, but she's now kind of of anti-breastfeeding in a way, and she's the data nerd. So these data nerds, they're not understanding that the studies are funded by the formula companies. There's not a breastfeeding lobby. And then I I think we need to take a more spiritual stance here and a slightly wider stance here. Uh, Do we think if we're still around in, in 300 years that we're gonna look back to our knowledge about the miracle of birth and the miracle of life creation today and think we knew anything like, 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 like we are now intervening with birth, have a 35% C-section rate, which, which we're told is totally fine. I was born with a C-section, but like we're intervening across every single mm-hmm. area uh, of birth, uh, fr- from this high C-section rate to the, to basically a war on, on breastfeeding, you know, uh, I can I can tell you from 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 my wife and watching this, I have no you know, I know this is a personal journey for every single person. But as a matter of public policy, as a matter of culture, um, this is a magical, clearly uh, important element um, and uh, and should be encouraged uh, absolutely unambiguously yeah. by society. Yeah. Um, n- nutrition, and not, yeah aside,
0: because- n- nutrition aside, nutrition aside, Kelly. The bonding, the spiritual connection that happens between a mother and a newborn infant um, through breastfeeding, it, that anyone would try for profit, to disrupt that moment um, is is truly a, a, a moral. Something very immoral, and and it just and again, but it gets kids on ultra processed stuff very early on, and I think it's got to change metabolically it's their spirit, bodies in, oh, in ways we have no idea.
2: And well, there's, there's research on this, Rachel. It, it profoundly impacts the microbiome and the, and the bacteria that actually influences almost mm-hmm. everything in your development. We know increasingly that what happens in the first two years has profound impacts for the rest of, of the baby's life and sets a lot of the patterns And I mean, as you know, the, the mother can actually... Calibrate specific needs for that child based on whether they're sick. They can sense the temperature through best I mean, it's absolutely magical. So on the nutrition element, it, it obviously this is a process that's that's been evolutionarily built to be literally perfect. Um, so it mm-hmm. obviously is the right nutritional and spiritual uh, situation. Yeah, and it's and it's It's a great example. Of how the point of the spending The point of the lobbying The point of the buying off institutions Is to make us believe things that are obviously not true It is obviously not true As the as the NIH recently said That a diet, 91% in ultra-processed food Could be just as healthy as a natural food diet They literally just guided that I, I mean, these are things that we just Obviously don't make sense We're being told that meat is the cause of global warming And, 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 and terrible But ultra-processed garbage is what we should be I mean, we, we are living in a bizarre world And again, I've never been. I always thought this was kind of hippie arguments talking about food and Mm -hmm. talking about farming. This is what we're eating. This is what we're putting in our bodies. This is what kids, you know, um, this is directly related to this disaster we're seeing on chronic conditions and mental health conditions among kids. I mean, this this is this is it. This is the core element of building our human capital. You know, Kelly,
1: I can't I'm not going to blame big food, you know, uh, Similac or big pharma. Yeah. Listen, I, I get, I get that there and they want to make money. They want to make products that they can sell, sell to us and make a huge profit. I, I get that. What I can't excuse though, is the federal government, um, mm-hmm. taking on these, these issues that aren't in the best interest of their society. And whether it's, you know, whether it's, we talk about breast milk or it's these ultra processed foods. Um, Sean, I don't know if you've heard this, but actually there's been articles recently that
2: exercise is now an alt-right activity. And <laughs> literally uh, healthy eating, uh, natural food, exercise. These are all literally being labeled by Rolling Stone, the New York Times as right-wing activity. I'm actually encouraged by this. Because, you know, this has generally been, as you said, a province of the left. Now it's it's becoming big on the right. I think there's actually a bipartisan awakening, uh, that we're really being lied to and that we actually have a lot more similarities, connections than we're led to believe that I think elites that are trying to divide us. I mean, most families want their children to thrive. They want to be healthy. They want to be happy. They want to feeding their body, um, with, uh, with, with, with good things. So I think, I think this is positive. And, uh, just yeah. one other point about what you said sean and um about um you know it really is in the interest i don't think we should be blaming sorry let me says i don't think we should be blaming the food companies i agree with that. i actually think coke and these formula companies are basically acting within a free market what they should be doing i mean i don't think it's moral but they should be pushing and lobbying and advocating as much as they possibly can for their interests um, In a way, that's how our system's built. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing for their shareholders. The problem is that pharma is literally the top funder, the top source of money. And this is amazing, actually, when you break it down. They're the top source of money for politicians. They're the top source of money for um, news, for mainstream media. They're the, you know, in, in, in a lot of the woke uh, media institutions. Top source of money for academic research. And they're the top source of money for medical groups that set the standard of care. So so they're literally like these industries and in food not far behind are actually just funding the decision makers, you know, who are on a revolving door between these industries. Um, Dr. Fauci, during his time uh, at his perch at the NIH, doled out hundreds of billions of dollars in grants to pharmaceutical companies. Um, he was actually in charge of, of, Many ways chronic diseases in this country. And in the 40 years of his tenure, chronic diseases went from 12% to 65% of the American people while he doled out hundreds of billions of dollars to pharmaceutical companies who profited from that and kept him in that job. So that's how it works. And it's, it's, I think really around money and it is, it's a moral crisis. And, um, and, 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 you know, Rachel, we've talked about this, but I, I am heartened that, you know, when you look at the polls, 70% of support. Uh, in a general election is going to to Donald Trump or RFK, uh, outsiders who are actually preaching a, a message of taking on this crony capitalist structure that I really think is the biggest problem in America. And healthcare is at the top of that and food is at the top of that. So I do think people are waking up to this.
1: We'll have more of this conversation after this.
0: That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Why hasn't uh, Donald Trump, I mean, he, he has made some moves in talking about this. Um, he had an Instagram video last summer where he, he talked about taking on big food and, and making America healthier and figuring out why we have children with diabetes at exploding levels that we never saw before. You know, we're in, we're in this presidential cycle and I hate politicizing this issue. I wish it wasn't so political. I think it should be a bipartisan issue. Um, clearly the left is very much in bed with pharma, um, and also big food. The right is, is being tempted. Donald Trump is an outsider. So is RFK Jr., but Donald Trump probably has a better shot at the White House, um, that RFK Jr. You and I have talked about why is Donald Trump made this his signature issue? If he's having trouble with suburban women. He certainly is. Um, this, would, this seems like a logical place for him to stake some ground in and go, you know what? I'm going to take on big food. I'm going to make America healthy again.
2: There is such an opportunity for a national leader to galvanize this issue. Um, and I think polls kind of obfuscate this. If you kitchen tables of every American, if you uh, summarize what their most important concern is, it's that they're, they feel like their health is getting a little bit worse, that they're not at their optimal performance, and they're very worried about their children. I, I think this is the biggest anxiety and the biggest problem. Something is happening, right? The mental health crisis among children, chronic disease rates—they're all getting worse. And we're also, you know, for good measure, will go bankrupt from healthcare costs because we're all getting so so sicker. I mean, healthcare is the largest and fastest-growing industry mm-hmm. in the country, producing worse outcomes for every extra dollar we spend. That's literally going to be the end of the American experiment if we don't get those costs under control, which the only way we can get those costs under control is to stop getting so sick. It's not going to be a marginal policy improvement. You know, I think it is easier to frankly divide and conquer in Congress, but a national leader, the only candidate who's responsible for every single American, the president, I think this can be a core issue. Um, And I think it really aligns well with President Trump, quite frankly. I mean, there's no industry Um, that has been more unfair to him uh, than the pharmaceutical industry, that's had the knives out for him, that has misled him, um, that has has worked, frankly, to destroy and discredit him. And I think there's beautiful opportunities for a president on day one to use executive action to to really protect children and undermine this industry that has done a lot of damage. I mean, on day one, you could say uh, (laughs) simply that no NIH grants go to Professors at universities with conflicts of interest. Right now, 80% of you, uh, NIH grants go to doctors and professors with direct conflicts of interest of what they're studying. Right.
0: Right. You know, there's no, and and, and the reason why the left can't take this on is because of climate change. I want to play for you a clip. This is from the WHO because this is very big. It's much bigger than profits, um, you know, domestically. It's much, this is a global effort. And that's why we started this podcast off talking about what's happening to the German farmers. What's happening to them is already beginning to take place here. And, and we're going to, and, and, the way they fought in, in Germany should be something we look to, um, and, 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 and show how, how we can fight back. But it took a lot of effort. It took a lot of organization, um, for them to beat back what the government's trying to do to, to small farms in Germany. But I want you to listen to what the WHO is is, is saying. This is Tedros, he's the head of the WHO.
2: Mm. WHO is committed to supporting countries to develop and implement policies to improve diets and fight climate change. I'm therefore very pleased that over 130 countries have signed the COP28 UAE Declaration on Climate and Health. Together, we can protect
1: and promote the health of both people and planet.
0: Okay, so he's saying, we actually, here at the UN, and by the way, UN, the World Economic Forum, these are, uh, and then all these liberal governments around the world, the EU, they're all working together in conjunction, and now he's kind of connecting, we're trying to make you healthier, and we're trying to save the planet. Now, I want to give you an example of something that they've done to accomplish this dual goal, okay? So um, they've come up with climate milk. So one of the things that environmentalists are concerned about is that cows release methane when they fart. And so there's been discussion about this for many years that, you know, leftists, um, these globalists, they're concerned about the climate and, and how cow farts are impacting it. So, someone, some scientist somewhere who's studying cow farts has figured out that you can actually ingest or give something. Um, I don't know if it's a new, chemical. Is it's a chemical that they give to the cows so that the cows now don't fart, and then they milk these cows, and now they're already selling in Europe. I'm sure it's coming here very shortly. Um, they're selling climate milk. So this is milk coming from th- from cows that have been given a chemical so they don't fart, and you're supposed to feel th- really th- great about ingesting this into your own body. It's Go a ahead. poison.
1: It's a poison, and a poison, also literally. it creates fertility issues with probably the cows, but also if you ingest it as well, probably with the people who are drinking the milk. This
0: well, that's is- a two that's a two pronged goal for the UN I, I, and the WF who also want to depopulate our world. <laughs> I didn't know that part yeah. about it, Sean.
2: It's a great point, Sean. And, and you know, the, the saying goes, look at what happens. Look at what they do, not what they say. I mean, fertility rates, because of hormone disrupting chemicals being shoved in our food and called safe, um, are, are plummeting. Uh, male sperm counts down more than 50% in a generation. Um, I don't know many people, women of, of childbearing age who aren't suffering with PCOS. Uh, the leading cause of female infertility is absolutely skyrocketing. Miscarriages mm-hmm. skyrocketing, gestational diabetes skyrocketing. Um, this is really unprecedented. We're losing our ability to reproduce, uh, which I can't imagine a, a more stark evolutionary warning sign. Uh, but but on, on this topic of the WHO, I just want to take it kind of to the to the to the highest level of what kind of what I saw at these organizations. I think when you when you can define an existential crisis and buy off the government and buy off the media to referee anybody asking a question or 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 or. Or nuance or anything. And it's just a, it's just a doctrine. You have a very powerful situation when you created a doctrine. And again, through money, have government entities, have international entities, media, referee, the, the media, you know, you guys are obviously warriors here, but for the, for the vast majority of, of the media, they, they used to be investigating, the asking questions about elites. Now they are uniformly referees for anyone questioning the COVID ideology, for anyone questioning, frankly, an ultra-processed food ideology, for anyone questioning a climate ideology. And my question is, just, just, just at the highest level, when we hear this type of statement from the deputy, show that we literally have to feed cows poison in, in order to keep them appropriate, right? Let's just look at COVID, right? I think we forget we are coming off of the worst public policy mistake led by elites in modern American history. The COVID lockdowns and our response to COVID, which I'd also add, saying that the problem with COVID was lack of a pharmaceutical solution, and not the fact that we have a metabolic health crisis where our immune systems, because of the okay. food we're eating, are completely denigrated. And COVID deaths and COVID complications were significantly worse in America versus other countries that have better metabolic health. And there could have been a national rallying cry to fortify our immune systems um, when literally, you know, there there weren't people. Uh, by and large, dying of COVID who weren't already metabolically unhealthy due to our poisoned food supply and sedentary lifestyle. You know, it was a complete and utter disaster. The, the elites completely let us down. And then they just pivot on a dime to asking us to be poisoning cows, stop eating meat, shifting our diet to ultra processed food, being forced to shove endocrine disrupting chemicals into our children's food starting at birth with um, formula that's covered in glyphosate. By law, by the way, formula has to contain um, soy because of lobbying from soy farmers that's covered in glyphosate. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's clearly something's not adding up. And 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 I think it all goes to this idea. And I think you really have some similarities within COVID, industrial complex, and the climate industrial complex.
1: When you create a religion, you can't question it. And that leads to a lot of power. And there's obviously a lot of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you can't, if, when they said, you know, the science is settled on COVID and no one can question it, we're going to silence anyone, was right. a different view. Some of the brightest scientists in America, they were silenced on social media by the administration. I think it's easy to go, that was wrong. And why didn't they want to hear from those amazing scientists? The same can now be applied when the science is settled on climate change or global warming. You might go, huh, actually science has never settled. We, we should always be debating but the key, I think, is fear. If you can scare the pants off of people to, to take action and give up their freedom, they will. And they saw that with COVID. Um, and with climate change, you can't really measure it. You can't really see, the, you know, we, we can look at their predictions and the predictions that end up being, you know, wrong over the course of time. But when you scare people into believing that climate's going to change and the world's going to end, they will give up a lot of freedom to, you know, protect the earth, protect themselves, protect their parents, their siblings, and protect the next generation. And that's what the elites are relying on. And again, I do think this comes back to control. Kelly, I'm a believer that if they control the food, they can control the energy, and they can control money, they will control us. And again, it's a really odd perversion of what we've had over the course of the last 200 years of, uh, of a maximizing of freedom to now be in a place where they want to take that freedom away, empower themselves and leave us as pawns and that more people are realizing that and fighting back and pushing back against them is always a concern for me and hopefully there's an awakening to, to maybe your point that people get this and start to realize that what they're promoting what they're pushing um, is their lies and they're also
2: poisons this is i think an existential issue i think it's the biggest issue in the country i think through so many warriors um again i liken it to the to the bankruptcy of Harvard and the Harvard president needing to leave and the, tying it to the health, tying it to COVID, tying it to the the climate, uh, religion. These are all, I think, roots of the same branch of k- trying to keep us in fear, keep us in control. I think, as you said, Sean, over the past 200 years, the American experiment has got us out of, of this mindset. Frankly, this fear-based command and control type of situation was mm-hmm. most of human history. I, I think there are some evil people, but there's really an invisible hand at work really fueled by corporate interests who realize that that they can use fear, um, to, to, to keep us in line and, and, and to help elites. And I think in a way, this complaints about cancel culture and this complaints about wokeism and this complaints about, um, these issues are kind of marginalized by the media. I think there's nothing more important. There's nothing more important as we enter 2024 than to put the pieces together on the mm. bankruptcy of the elites, uh, the absolute, uh, weaponization and corruption of our elite institutions. And the fact, again, getting to a spiritual, uh, I, I think, component here that we know more than we give ourselves credit for, that mm. humans are the only animals that listen to experts on nutrition, but every other animal in the wild is perfectly <laughs> fine and not obese and not diabetic, um, that mom actually can use her intuition to figure out what's best for her kids. And that's probably best that you know, maybe it, it is okay to write, eat, eat natural food, um, that maybe it is a little bit ridiculous um, when we're told that cows need to be poisoned in order to help the climate. When in fact, actually, if you raise a cow in a regenerative way, you know, in the way they're supposed to be raised, it's actually uh, carbon net control. Uh The whole problem with, with CO2 um, is our industrial agriculture system, which is a whole nother episode that's very important to point out. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think I think this is the key, issue going into 2024. And I would just encourage everyone. I know a lot of your listeners are are on this. The real radicalization for me was starting with looking at my young son and looking the interests that are going into the food that's trying to be put into his body. And that's where just ends for me, I mean, that's why I'm on this mission. You can just start there, just start looking at what's going and what you're being told to put in your kid's mouth. Just going into the research on how that impact them and impact their microbiome and impact their brain and their bodies and their development, um, you can really start unwinding a lot. And I think, I think any American that just is on ne- that is going to get to a much better answer than what the elites are telling us.
0: No, you know, no. Callie, I love what what I love about what you're doing is also how you're bringing up the spiritual component of it. And we touched a bit on it, you know, when we talked about the breastfeeding issue, which both of us are very passionate about. Mm-hmm. That it's beyond nutrition. Somebody sent me a a TikTok video and the guy in the video was using AI. He would click in to the computer, show me using AI, show me a $1 pancake and a picture would show up of a $1 pancake. And they would say, show me a $10 pancake. And a picture would show up of a little bit more, a little fancier. And every time he would click in like a $100 pancake, it was fancier. And, you know, all the way to a hundred thousand, and it had caviar on top of it. And then finally, he put in—I uh, 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 think he said a hundred, a yeah, million-dollar pancake, or something like that. And it was a pancake inside of a spaceship. You know, obviously, it, it cost that much to do it. And then he put in, "Show me a priceless pancake," and it was a oh. mom in the kitchen making pancakes with her little child next to her. And I think. That really sums a lot of it up for us. That, first of all, the example that you used about animals not needing studies to figure out what to eat. I mean, the absolute collapse of our old common sense in all of this is, is a component. And then the other thing is, and Sean and I talk a lot about, you know, eating around the table and cooking together and sort of getting back to basics. Sean talks about the homestead. You know, we can't all have a homestead. But we can all make a home-cooked meal and have our family sit around the table and eat that okay. way. And part of why we started to eat in this really crappy way is because we started to live really crappy lives where we're rushed around so much that we don't make time to do something as essential and beautiful and frankly spiritual as making a home-cooked meal for your family and making sure your family is well-nourished. Um, and and we started relying on companies and on processed foods, mm-hmm. ultra-processed foods, and and on the advice of real weirdos like Bill Gates, um, people who have very questionable, even personal lives that are, you know, just insane. Um, I wouldn't trust Bill Gates or John Kerry um, or George Soros to watch my child for 10 minutes, let alone inform me on how to eat. And so um I, I think this is a, a, a massive issue because I think it's more than just corruption at Congress, which you and and Sean laid out so well. I think this is part of that master plan that Sean's talking about. This digital prison that they're trying to build for us um, that um, includes controlling our currency, controlling our energy and also controlling our food. And to control our food, they have to convince us. That, um, natural food and buying from my farmer next door is not the good stuff, um, that I need them. And I don't need them. Um, I, in fact, I, I, I should be scared of them and I should rely on my own good sense and my farmer next door. And if I'm lucky enough to own a farm, my own, the, 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 the fruits of Sean's labor, i so I'll never be out in those fields. Um, <laughs> but let's be real. <laughs> I'm not gonna milk a kill. but, um, but we all have it in us. And I, I just, Kelly, I want to thank you. I also want to encourage people to pre-order the book, Good Energy, that you wrote with your sister. Um, it's coming out soon. We're going to have you back on to talk about right. that for sure. Um, but uh, all of the ideas that you have been talking about, we've been thinking about, but you articulated in a way that's so important. God, I'm going to pray right now that some politicians are listening to this podcast and to what Kelly has to say, because I think... Um, uh, you say it in a way that makes a lot more sense, and I really, really appreciate all the work you're doing. I want to give you a chance to to talk um, uh, to close this out with some last thoughts and, and and also on your book and your sister.
2: Well, in the book, um, you know, my mom was the classic American story. Um, she was taking a hike in 2021, felt a pain in her stomach. Um, you know, it was perfectly healthy, she thought, and we went in, got scanned, had stage four pancreatic cancer and the top end colleges of the world at stanford looked at her and said this was unlucky and what the book is really about is is it wasn't unlucky it wasn't unexpected it wasn't a tough break my mom was on six medications like most americans right she was on the statin for high cholesterol the metformin she dealt with obesity but these are standard rites of passage for the american patient she was actually at six medications at seven years old was below the average of an, of a 70 year old on the average medications that they took and she was told at a recent checkup that she was healthy but these things being treated in silos, right with no curiosity, you just take a pill, not not a, a, a welcome warning sign of the of the dysfunction that are that many ways our modern society is great, but we have lost our way in the environmental toxins and the sedentary lifestyle and in the food. And the fact that my mom who went to the Mayo Clinic, who went to Stanford Hospital right who has had the best doctor in the world, was let down like millions of Americans. This is really an issue we need to un- unpack. And again, it gets to this core uh, issue of uh, uh, basic things, sitting around the kitchen table and, and, and eating natural food and being curious about what we're being put in our uh, our, our uh, body. So my sister was a top doctor at Stanford, a surgeon. She left the system after seeing these dynamics and seeing the corruption. And she has laid out some of the best tactical tips ever put to paper. And we we explore the incentive issues in this book. And then I'll just say, looking forward to 2024 and your beautiful statement there, Rachel, I I think I am hopeful because I think conservatives sometimes fall into a trap in our desire to not meddle with the markets and not be a nanny state. We've let corruption just take hold. Mm. I don't think it's conservative to just be hands off when crony capitalism has absolutely taken over our systems into basically a (laughs) kleptocracy. I always mispronounce that. Um, that's basically, uh, harming American children. And I think, you know, as we talked about, as President Trump has been alluding to, there are some very decisive things, uh, that a president can do that, a, that a Congress marshaled by a president can do. So, so I do think you've said this for years. This is the sleeper issue. I think it's becoming a prominent issue. Um, this discussion of the crony capitalism and the breakdown of our institutions really keeping us in fear and harming us. And I think health is the way to talk about that. And I'm so grateful for for you too, and um, for for the light you're shining on this. And I'm just really optimistic we can uh, see this as an increased uh, discussion topic this year.
3: We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. Kelly, one last question. So we don't, I think I can count on less than one hand
1: how many bo- uh, books we have pre-ordered in the Duffy household. Rachel has pre-ordered your book. When does it when does it come out? It is coming. So it's it's a it, it's a long process.
2: It's coming out in May. Um I uh I, I tweeted and, and and Barry Weiss uh posted an excerpt on her newsletter and actually reached the top health book on Amazon um uh which we're uh-huh. really excited about. And uh uh again wow, that
0: just I'll shows just, show such an appetite for this I, among I, normal I, people. <laughs> You know, it's obviously. I'll just be
2: direct. Um, I think it's the most important issue in the world, and I and as I said, I think it's the best summation of tips. My sister really is is a, is brave and a genius um, on this, and um, and it's a book I want in people's hands uh, because I think I'm very happy. And, and Rachel, I think it's so great that we talk about the high level top down solutions, but this really I think is a bottoms up revolution. There's there's empowerment and steps um, individuals can take, and I know so many people listening right now are on that path. So we hope this can be a tool. Um, j- just one of many um, for people to take individual empowerment, which I think is, is how you you know we can start a revolution here.
1: No doubt, Kelly yeah. means it's always a pleasure to have you on. So uh, so smart, such a wealth of information. Uh, we appreciate you sharing that insight with us on the podcast, but also uh, for teaming up with your sister and and writing the book Good Energy. So thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you, Kelly.
1: It's a fantastic conversation with, with Kelly, and I want to I want to okay. be clear from our point of view. Like again, the if you talk about a journey, do I have a frozen pizza in the freezer? Yeah. Is there some processed food in our home? Of course. We're not militant on this, but I will say we have we have made a conscious effort to um, I, I make a salad. I put black beans. I was getting black beans out of my can into my into my salad. And eventually, I'm like, "Why aren't I getting regular beans and and soaking them and putting real beans in, not the the processed food?" Um, we're making we're making progress and and trying to eat healthier uh, 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 more of the time in our own house and the choices that we make. We actually have to cook, and it's been uh, I think way better for us. And just to, a quick note, Rachel, when I I had sh- shoulder surgery, something happened to my foot, um, and I ended up spending almost 24 hours in the emergency room. Um, and it was the worst 24 hours, um, in an emergency room, being in the hospital. Mm. And if I can do anything to try to prevent myself from having to go back to the hospital and that means eating better, man, I want to do it. Cause that was not a place I want to be, um, and to try to avoid chronic sickness. Um, isn't that
0: shocking when he said the average 70 year old
1: is on more than six medications?
0: It's on more than six medications. I mean, that's wow. astounding. And again, like they give you a medication for one thing. The sweet's talking about these silos. You get a medication for this that has a side effect on something else. So something else happens to you, but then they just give you a medication for that. And then, I mean, you're in this like pharma cycle of stuff. You know, the other thing people, uh, you know, I think sensible people came out of COVID saying, okay, I don't care what, what, what they said. It was very obvious that if you were, if you were overweight and you had diabetes and you had chronic, um, you know, conditions, you were more susceptible to dying from COVID. And ironically, they didn't use that, this moment in time where you could say to the American people, as you shut down, well, you shouldn't have, but they shut down the world and they could have said, Hey, if you want to survive COVID, get healthy, go outside, get vitamin D, start exercising. go for a clean, walk, clean your, maybe a clean run, your, clean your, Pantry up and started being yes. healthy. And you know, people would have done it because people were petrified at that moment. Um, but they didn't do that. They, they wanted literally to wait for a They locked lock- the gyms. They put yes. I, I'll never forget I have a picture of it in my own little town in Wisconsin, caution tape around the parks and over the, the swing sets. sets yeah, the, the, so the that kids couldn't go out and play. They wanted you locked in your house, eating bad food, watching Netflix. And just getting alerts from them about you know when you could leave your house. Well,
1: instead of getting healthy, you were getting fat. Yeah, um, more, more
0: people were like, I like don't obesity rates. I know more, people, more couples
1: that, that sat home and drank more than, yeah, they, they, drank ever, more. than they ever did during yeah. COVID. They did, and so yeah. it's, it was the exact opposite advice and that the, the government should have given on what people should do. And but who got
0: rich off of this? Not just from the vaccines, but from now the now sadder. Less healthy people at the end of the COVID lockdown who now need yeah, far right. more. And you I think, mean, it's a cycle.
1: And again, because like, I'm, I'm beside myself on the debt um, and how much money we're borrowing the deficit every year. It's unsustainable. And, and truly, the the highest budgetary items that we spend on as a federal government is Medicare and Medicaid. What we pay in health care um, for people. And if you can get your hands around America's health, the amount of money that you spend on health. Will drop dramatically and you'll save trillions of dollars. You can actually balance your budget if you get people healthy again. Um, and and again, I think I, I do think markets work if people start to buy more whole foods, um, whether it's grains or fruits or vegetables, um, and they're cooking with them at home. And again, I, I think it takes time, it takes more time. But if you do that. Um, the the businesses will respond in kind to provide m- more of those products, and if there's more of those products or more people uh, growing those products, I think you can see prices come down. Supply and demand. Yeah, if you start to
0: demanding, it's like what happened with with avocados. As more people started, you know, being introduced to avocados, I always had avocados.
1: I did Mexican. not Mexican like, avocado. Um, but it, as, as more
0: cows. people got introduced, the demand for avocados has increased, and so there are more avocados on the market. Because that more people want to, want to grow it because people want it. Um, so you, you see that, um, you see that happening. Uh, I think, uh, Sean, that, you know, again, I, I, I want to say, yeah, it takes more time to cook a healthy meal. But if you look at it beyond just the nutrition and the health and you go, this is a spiritual service that I do for my family. And, and we really should look at it that way. And that what is the meaning of life? It's not to sit down with the people you love the most and share a meal and it's healthy. And maybe you cooked it together and and somebody lovingly took time to do that. What better use of your time? I know it takes time. You know what? It takes time to do a lot of things in 24 hours. Um, and what do we value? You know, it's like when they say, show me your checkbook, I'll tell you your values, right? What do you value with your time? And I think preparing food, I literally, and people ask me this all the time, you know, how do you do it with nine kids? One of the first things I do when I get up, um, you know, after I have coffee and wake up, is I think about what's for dinner. Uh, I think about what's for dinner. If you're not thinking about what's for dinner for your family... Then you have no choice than to throw in a frozen pizza. And but you when six o'clock or four o'clock or five o'clock rolls around.
1: But to be honest, you have a weekend job and you do have that luxury, right? But I think what's interesting when you
0: you can plan your If you think about it, you can meal plan all the weekend if you're too busy to think too hard about it on the weekday. But if you're thinking about it when you're at work on Monday at three o'clock, or you're thinking you're not thinking about it in the morning. You're not going to know what you're, or you're not thinking about on the weekend and, and making sure you have all the ingredients on hand for the week. I'm, I'm not judging. I'm just saying we all do a lot of things. What do you value in your time? Well, can I say
1: what I found? When your mom came, came to stay with us, I, I thought I, it was amazing how quickly your mother could whip up something that tasted yes. really good. It didn't take actually that long. And I'll and I give the same compliment to you. Um, you may, but that's, may... that,
0: that speaks to intergenerational. I, so you talk about, we talk about eating like our grandparents, um, that healthier food that, you know, the, the people, you know, ate generations ago, there's also cooking skills that are being lost. Yeah. And and it seems like millennials just want to learn how to make truffle based blah, blah, blah. But nobody knows how to make a good, good rice. You know, nobody knows how to make a pot roast anymore. Uh, they, they want to, like, there's this like, there's this value that we're putting on these, you know, really, you know, people are like, I want to go to cooking school and learn how to make these fancy things. Start with the basics. If you don't know how to make a good omelette, you don't know how to make a, you know, learn how to make rice, learn how to make stock so you don't have to, you know, buy your own stock. There are some basics. And a lot of that was learned kind of through osmosis because there was a lot of intergenerational, uh, 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 living. I know that when our, my mom lives with us, um, I mean, I got I got better at making rice because I was watching my mom make her rice, which is like the best so, rice right, well, in the world. Rice
1: is very. Really, you think it's very really simple, but your mom made the, I'm like, what is? I know. I still don't do it as well rice. as my I'm mom. Like, this but my mom's delicious. rice is
0: amazing. My mom's tomato sauce that she makes homemade her is the best. Soup is a, and awesome. I tried to make it the other day, and Paloma said, "Mom, it's really good, but it's just not as good as mm. Yaya's." And it's true. Yep. I, I, I was like, I need to bring her back and 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 learn how to do that. But this is getting back what i'm saying sean is this is getting back to the basics of living of dinner of intergenerational living of learning from our our mothers and fathers and grandfathers and and um then grandmothers and this is what i'm talking about that this is now as as he so rightly put we're at a spiritual crisis and if we could start as you always say sean if you can fix it at the family level you can fix it nationally So, yeah, it's it's mind numbing and infuriating to think about the big food, big pharma lobby and how it all works in Washington, D.C., but maybe stop worrying about that so much and just get it right in your own house. Learn to make rice. Learn to go to your local farmer and get your food. Try making dinner time around the table with your family a priority. Just start small. And, and but and-
1: it, it can take some time at the start. to But you, as I was going to work yesterday for the bottom line at six p.m. on Fox Business, you should watch it. Um, but as, good, I going,
0: <laughs> as I was going, as I was going,
1: you were. Like, I really, I just, I didn't. <laughs> so slightly brought that in there. But I was, I was on my way out the door, and you're like, I'm going to make chicken dumpling soup. And why about this? So the, the, the dumplings that you put in the soup are it comes from. Yeah, I'm not, the- I'm
0: not, I'm not making my dumplings totally, but it's like half by scratch, but still the rest of the soup is totally natural. Well, my point with
1: that is you whip that up in like 20 minutes as like it was. Like, now was all of a sudden yeah, yeah, you yeah. have a, you have a soup ready to it go. It was much more than 20 Which is, which is pretty remarkable, but it happened fast. Yeah. Um, when I go to work, I, um, so I, at the start at the, at the first day of the week, I will, I cut my, my, uh, my peppers. I make rice or millet. Um, I get my lettuce, I cut up my lettuce, wash my you lettuce. Your,
0: you make your, beans. I make
1: my beans. And then for the week, I'll take that and I'll make my salad because I've already prepped it and it's all whole and it's all really good. And, um, but it doesn't, I don't do it. When I was, I was, did it for a while every day and like I took a ton of time. Now I just have it all prepped before and I whip up well, am saying. and if out the door I go. you about right. it,
0: You can get a lot of it done on the weekend. I made, um, we had tacos over the weekend and I made, I made pinto beans and we had the pinto beans whole. But then two days later it was it was good in the fridge. In fact the flavors were even better. And I mashed it up and I and I made tostadas with that. And and it was delicious. And again, like Listen, it's taken me 20 years learning th- from my mom cooker, to figure you, you out. I You put meat make, in your
1: slow cooker, which is like, that can happens fast. I make
0: anything. So good. But it took, I was a terrible cook. You remember I used to cry in the was, beginning because I would mess things up. It's horrible. It takes time. Invest in the basics. Um Invest in your family. Invest in the spiritual sort of components. Um of what it takes to make a meal and nourish your family and, so, and know that it's worth the time. As we
1: come to the first theater, so many people are like, you know, one of my, one of my resolutions is I want to lose weight. Um, mm-hmm. eating healthier helps you actually lose yes. weight. There's a number of things you can do, but I um, mean, again, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent of the time, but if you start adding more and more better foods into your diet, mm-hmm. you're going to become healthier and you, you keep that progression going. And we're, we're on that path. And this seems, this can be like a granola issue sometimes. And I feel, and I, and I feel like this some, sometimes can be off topic. I don't think there's anything more important than taking responsibility for your own health.
0: It's personal responsibility. It's like what Callie was saying. All of this stuff actually is conservative. It is part of the conservative ideology to take you know personal responsibility has always been part of the the, the values of conservatives. And taking responsibility for your health and your family's health. Making yourself not dependent on big pharma, um, and, 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 and on processed foods and ultra processed foods, uh, take your responsibility. You don't for know the
1: shit. I don't even, you can't even say the words of the shit yeah, that they put in this food. I'm put it huge in your body. Pro- huge, problem. So I listen. I think, you he's so knowledgeable. Um, love the I work love he's doing. Guy. And, um, again, I think it's so important. Again, if you want to save America, save your family. Um, it's great because you're going to eat together, but also, Try to cook some healthy food together good as well. Together. Keep yourself out of the hospital. Um, because that is not pleasant. I'll guarantee you that. So listen, thank you for joining us at the podcast. This is a great topic. We care about, you know, what we're putting in our bodies. We don't want to put in toxins. Um, we want to put in, you know, good food. You don't you
0: don't want to you don't want to drink climate milk, Sean? <laughs>
1: I don't want I I <laughs> That is so And st- like, in- Rachel sent me the article. I'm like, you've got to be flipping kidding me. What the sh- is you this? Okay? And I'm reading it going. You have got to be kidding me that they're going to give toxins to cows to stop them from farting and call it climate milk? What is wrong with these people? They
0: are sickos. They think they're God. I'm going to save the world by drinking
1: toxic milk. And by the yeah. way, fertility is going to all be impacted. It all comes back to fertility, right? Yeah. It's I'm that's telling you, that this
0: is all the, 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 the weirdos who have been trying to control your fertility and global population. Are all tied into this climate thing? Um, I remember. I'll just end on this. I remember asking Mark Morano from Climate Depot, who's one of the great, you know, voices um, speaking out on the climate fraud, and it is a fraud. It is a hoax. Um, he. I asked him very directly. None of this makes sense. What's this really about? And he gave the simple answer. He said they want to. Uh, he said uh, uh, population control, and it's been that way for a long time. And, uh, and by the way, can I just mention this also? When Callie was talking about breast milk, the other political group that's involved themselves in this, of course, are the feminists, because if you're not bre- if you're breastfeeding, you know, you're, you're tied to the patriarchy, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there's all kinds of political interests in getting you not to do the natural common sense, um, way of eating and feeding. Before
1: I, this, he mentioned, he mentioned, he mentioned the double, uh, NAACP and pushing to make sure that we have Coca-Cola and Pepsi as uh, purchasable items with SNAP or food stamps. And it, it, th- that is insane. What a horrible policy. What a disregard for 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 people to say, you know what, we're going to allow you to buy Coke and Pepsi, drink sugar water, and you're going to get fat, and you're going to get sick, and we're going to say that is that's justice by giving people the freedom to... Listen, if you're on public assistance, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be able to drink... Um, Coke or Pepsi. We should drink water. We shouldn't have Oreo cookies. We should eat f- fruits and grains and dairy. The, the, the basic categories of food that are whole, mm-hmm. but all the process that are making people sick and unhealthy, um, in calling that justice is a perversion of what's actually happening, mm-hmm. um, in our culture, in our country, and from the elites. So, um, that, 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 that is, I was sure.
0: And you can see that the, the, the rates of obesity and diabetes are highest for the poor um, because they eat their because shit. of all of this stuff yeah. and so um, it's 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 really um, it's really sad. So I, sad. I hope we shed some light on this. I hope it's it's opened your mind a little bit, um, and and I hope that all of you listening will make this a political issue in 2024. I know there's a lot of issues out there, um, but this is an important one that impacts your family, your children directly. And um, and we need to get um, we need to wrap our head, ha- heads and our arms around it. So it was a great conversation. Our
1: heads, our heads and our hearts and around hearts. it. Okay. And our Listen, arts. thanks for joining us at the kitchen table. If you like our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you can always find us at foxnewspodcast.com. Please subscribe. you a notice every day we drop. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are our drop days. Uh, and until next time, have a good one.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Listen ad free with a Fox News podcast plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad free on the Amazon music app.